Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. Um, so this is going to be the last, um, in our, or at least last for now, set of uh, Q&A lightning round um, t- topic questions as we sort of transition now into, you know, probably about a month before WWDC. And so we're starting to head towards that. Um, but I think this there would be still the last couple questions that we wanted to touch on before uh, we moved on past this kind of user-generated uh, version of the show. So that's kind of where we are now. And um, so our first question is it comes to us from Robert Spivak, uh, who asks, why is Android so successful? And what should Apple and indie devs learn from this market reality uh, that is useful to them, us, uh, for us to consider? This I, I like this question a lot because it's kind of a big picture question. And it, you almost might think it might not apply to an indie, an indie iOS app development show um, because it's about Android. But, but it, what it really is about is what what factors make android successful and and you know is there something that we can use from that so for me i I think the the biggest reason android is successful is that it addresses two major market attributes or segments that apple just will never do number one is low cost and number two is basically in in kind of a summary like letting people do what they want even if Apple doesn't think it's the best, or even if Apple doesn't think it's a good idea. Right? And, and that applies to both hardware and software. You know, Android phones have a huge wide range of prices that Apple will never touch, and they have a very diverse set of hardware choices and, and you know, crazy things you can do with the software that iOS will never allow you to do. And on some level, you know, as an indie, you always have to, uh, you know, consider the reality that A, you need to make money somehow, and B, that you have limited resources. And so, you know, you can't, you can't satisfy everyone's needs. You can't make an app that can do everything for everyone. You can't make something everybody will love. But you can, you know, it's similar to what Android did, which is like basically look at what Apple was doing and then cover a ground that they weren't going to cover you can apply that part to lots of things that you do you know any app you make you can say you can look around at the competition first which you, you should you look you know look around the competition before before you decide what to work on and, and maybe what features your app will have or what the business model will be and see like what are they not addressing and more importantly like what can't they or what won't they address you know if if your idea for something is along the formula of it's like youtube for dogs okay what why not just use youtube right like that or it's like youtube but it offers 8k video well what happens if youtube just adds 8k video you know those are things that like that is not a safe place right but if you're asking like it's like apple but cheap and allowing people to run it on whatever hardware they want (laughs) apple's never going to touch that so you are totally safe there um you know or in the app world you know you can say it's like apple's built-in app but it syncs using this awesome web service that you can also log into in 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 a web browser on a pc and it has features that apple will probably never support uh you know so like that kind of thing is 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 a good place to be and a good place to plan you know competitively where your app should be and then one, you know, within the app, when you're talking about the actual design of, of the app and what kind of features it has, 
it also helps to you know take a clue from android of like first of all can you find a way to make your app free up front because free is really powerful and you will get way more people that way and if you can find a way to do that and pay the bills somehow that's a really good place to be and then second of all look at you know how android appeals to people by giving power users a lot of features you know there's a lot of a lot of people like android because it just lets them do things that they want to do. It lets them have control over the OS in, and, and it lets apps do things that Apple doesn't think they need to expose to people or they don't think people are better off if they're exposed to them or whatever. You know, Apple, Apple thinks it's making the best move for both Apple and customers, but some customers disagree. In fact, a lot of customers disagree and they go to Android a lot of time. So if you can think about your apps features in that way, think about like, are there like, little hooks or power user features or abilities that some people really really want that you can add or that you can cater to and in a way that that doesn't like hurt the rest of the app or that doesn't you know prove to be an undue burden on you that's that's a pretty good place to be for power user tools and and for you know like specialized use cases and things like that those are all really big markets yeah, I mean, when I think about this, and like, why? I love, I love the first part. Why is Android so successful? And I think it's certainly, you know, it assumes Android is successful. And I think from a numbers perspective, uh, that is definitely true. And I mean, and the reality is, I, I, I don't know for sure because, and because if I'm honest, I don't spend much time in that world, and so it's hard to know as much. But I, as I was thinking about it, there's kind of two areas that I think come come to mind that I think are. are but potential reasons why it might be successful and then thing you know sort of that have very useful follow-on effects for me as i think about my own apps and the first one i think is the power of um being comfortable with something and not wanting to change um, and this is something that i think i see you know in you know around my friends and family a lot that whatever you first learned something on you have a tremendous affinity for because the effort and the difficulty of that first learning experience is so hard that wanting to switch and have to relearn something um, is often very, very difficult and intimidating. And this is, you know, a conversation that I've certainly had with some friends who, you know, they love their Android phones and I ask them, oh, do you ever think about getting an iPhone? And it's always like, no, I know how this works. And it's the realization that, you know, in that person's life, there, you know, the things that you or I may like, uh, you know, sort of agonize over and, you know, spend, listen, listen to six, six hours of tech podcasts a week diving into like their phone for them is just a tool that lets them do a thing. And once they know how to do that thing, then the, you know, and the, the nuances of that tool are, be, are become much less important. And I think there is also something which is important for me to keep in mind too, of it's so once somebody has learned how to use something, I think there is a tremendous desire to be able to keep it that way. Um, and so the, the lesson that I take from that for my own apps is it's being very thoughtful about making changes in my own apps that are going to break people's um, habits. And, you know, the reason they may be using my app is not because my app is good strictly, but may just be they may be using my app because it's the one they learned and the one they understand. And so if I then come along and say, oh, I've got this whole new great thing, then suddenly the reason that they were using my app, I just like took out from under them. And so I think that's one reason that I could see people using Android. And I think there's an interesting lesson there about just having that consistency going forward, or at least keeping it in your mind. Um, and I think the other thing too, is that 
uh, having understanding that there are going to be differences of opinion about what the best way to do something is um, that I mean I think there's you know I think it's easy for the Apple community at large to have a slightly elitist um, know-it-all kind of an attitude about a lot of things that like this is the best way and then you know using that superlative like that it's this is the best way not that this is a better way or you know it's an, it's an improved way like no no this is the best way for us to do whatever this is um, and the reality is for almost any f- feature um, or way of, of approaching something technically like there's trade-offs and very few things have that kind of universe you know there if you if yeah if you're if you say yes to one thing you're 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 you're, you're, you're saying no to something else and so i think android in many ways likely captures a lot of things where people there's some difference of opinion someone has with the way that Apple does something um, or has made a choice to do it. And because uh, the iPhone is so opinionated and so um, immovable in so many ways, it makes something like Android work a lot better where if for whatever reason, you know, the way that Apple, um, you know, doesn't let, you know, only for a lot, in a lot of things, you know, has forced defaults, for example, that like, you know, if you use the first party stuff, it's great, but integration with third party things maybe isn't quite as good. That's, you know, that's a much better thing on, uh, on Android. And so having that understanding that people are going to come at things from different perspective, I think is a very useful thing. And as an indie, especially, I think, um, of one of the, some of the best opportunities that, um, I, we have to take advantage of are even within the iPhone platform, you know, if, if, if you're an iOS and, uh, indie, um, is looking at some of the established players and creating alternatives to them, um, that are different in some way. Maybe they're simpler, maybe they're more flexible. Um, but looking at it from that perspective, I think is a useful place to start and understanding that, you know, people have different preferences and, sometimes they can have you know strong feelings about those differences of preference and so there's potentially an opportunity in creating something that addresses you know a need in a different way our next question comes from adam fallon uh, who asks what is the biggest disappointment from wwdc that you thought was going to be great this was this was a really fun question i thought because you know not like in like a you know complaining about apple way but just like things that like you know when when they launch new stuff we all we all think of all the different ways this could be awesome and different new markets it opens up and everything. And a lot of times it works out that way. Sometimes it doesn't. And I, you know, for me, I think some of the biggest, I think the biggest one to me recently is probably Siri kit. Um, because Siri kit, I, when I, when I heard they were doing this and then when we, when they announced it, I'm like, Oh great. I can finally use Siri in overcast. And then you, I just couldn't because it was limited to these certain intent systems, like these certain domains of problems and not very many of them. And they're pretty narrow. And so it's been great for my reminders app and nothing else. <laughs> and so I, I really hope Siri kit is expanded in the future, but right now it just is nothing for me as a developer and, and fairly little for me as a user. I think on a on an even bigger scale, I think iMessage apps really. I think everybody thought they were going to be bigger than they are, um, and and maybe maybe they're really big, and I just never see it, or I never hear about it, or the people who I message with or who I talk to are just the weird ones who never use them. But I never use iMessage apps, and I never see anyone else using them either. And it seems like what iMessage apps really are 
are sticker packs. Um, the only apps I ever see used are sticker apps or sticker packs. That's about it. And so I guess on that level, you can kind of say they have been successful because stickers are used a lot. But they built this whole app platform to do all sorts of more detailed things in messages. And anything beyond stickers I I have yet to see actually be used in practice. And then on the even bigger scale, my biggest disappointment of like, you know, WBDC release technologies has been WatchKit. Because what, you know, I, I'm not going to go over it in much detail right now because I have in the past, but I just want watch apps to be so much better than they are. And that all, almost all of that lands right at the feet of WatchKit, just not being very good, not being very complete or robust or even stable or performant. Um, it just, it's, it's a very incomplete, low priority, buggy development platform and i i just want watch apps to be so much better than they are yeah and it's i feel like there's this tough thing that happens every single year for me at wwdc where um you know there's always something new and you know the they're all you know the presentations are really good and slick and it's always kind of like oh that's exciting that's interesting and then i often end up coming walking away from it with this feeling of like like I'm like, the more I think about it, the more I don't get it or the more I'm like, Hmm, that's not really for me. Or like, this is where I sometimes like, so you start, you start making the jokes about like being old where it's like, I see iMessage apps and I'm like, I don't really get it. Like, is that really <laughs> like, is that a thing? Is that what, is that, is that what, is that what, you know, is that what the cool kids do these days? Like, and I think what I've started to, I used to come away from that with that, with a feeling of like, um, you know, I just don't get it. This is going to be cool. I should still probably adopt it anyway. Um, and I think increasingly I've come to the, uh, more of the conclusion that if I don't get it, if I don't think it's gonna be, if, if I, if I don't really see the immediate utility of it or like think it's really cool, then there's a good chance that I'm probably more typical than not, um, that at least there's something and, you know, there's a chance that I'm missing uh, the next big wave, but it's also just as likely that I'm not and that they're actually not going to be, you know, be this big thing because, you know, the, the nature of these new announcements is so often they are solutions going in search of problems. Um, and they're often very cool and technically very capable, uh, but it's difficult. Like I think it's in like AR kit um, as an example which was, is, you know, technically um, very cool and can have some really kind of interesting demos. But as far as I can tell, you know, almost a year into ARKit, it isn't this wildly new transformative technology that isn't like, you know, there aren't these huge killer apps that have sprung up and taken over the world, you know, like the biggest example of an AR um, app that you know did that was like Pokemon Go last summer, which didn't even use something like AR Kit. It wasn't <laughs> right. really like it isn't really AR. It was just location services primarily, um, and like that type of thing is you know it's I didn't really get it when you start to get like well isn't this going to get really tiresome to like how is, or you know to hold up my phone and like move it around or how is that that is it that much better than just sliding my finger up and down to control my viewport in a three D world like it's it's a, it's a tricky thing and i feel like every single year there's you know this this wwdc i'm sure there's going to be new technologies i'm sure there's really cool interesting from a technological perspective features that are going to come out and i think in the past 
I've, you know, I've, I've quieted my inner voice being like, I don't get it. Like, that's weird. Or it's just like, I don't see how that would be useful. And I think increasingly I'm less disappointed, um, in those features because I understand that they're much more niche that necessarily as the platform is getting more and more robust and capable, the new features that are going to be added are going to be necessarily much more fringe, much more, um, you know, specific. And sometimes even the, you know, there are features that are, they're adding to the OS just to, you know, for a feature parity reason or as an ex, as an experiment. Like I, you know, I don't really know what Apple's expectations were for iMessage apps or for AR kit. Um, but I think sometimes it's the useful utility of saying, we're going to make these tools and then we're going to see if someone can, c- can come up with something that's cool about that. And sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. Um, you know, but I like, I regret in many ways that I went, did, you know, spent time and effort to make iMessage apps and add them to a couple of my apps because they're not really being used as best as I can tell. Um, and that was time and, you know, now maintenance that I have to maintain going forward that, you know, whenever I do a big update, I need to go and make sure that my iMessage app still works. Um, or at the very, le- or at the eventually I may even just end up, you know, taking them out of my apps just because they're not, uh, actually creating this value. And I was adding it for the wrong reason. I was adding it so that I wouldn't miss out rather than adding it, um, and adopting a new technology because I thought it was really cool and personally, genuinely, you know, wanted to embrace it and use it. Yeah, I think for me, like my my main disappointments are when something when when a lot of the things that are announced are like those very specialized things, that, you know, for for very specialized use cases, and I just have no use for them. Like, I I get most excited about changes to things like UI Kit, you know, like improvements to layout, improvements to Xcode, imp- you know, improvements to the tools and to the frameworks that every app uses or lots of apps use. Uh, I get a lot less excited when it's like, great, now Uber can connect to your address book in a new way or something. It's like, well, I don't have any use for that. You know, like that, that, and, and I also, I'm, this is not a great topic for it to be a whole thing, but I'm also pretty skeptical on AR's value. Um, I, whenever technology comes out and people say, we can't even imagine what people are going to do with this. It's going to be great. If there's not a killer app immediately apparent or apparent very shortly after it becomes available, there might just never be a killer app uh, or or it might be it might be way more limited than people think. You know, so similarly on, on the same topic, I, oops, I, I think the uh, Apple TV as an app platform has been a pretty big disappointment um, because when it came out, we were all like, oh, this this will we can do things on TV now that we don't even consider now. And then it came out, and turns out what people want to do on their TV is watch video and play games. That's about it. Like, those are two big things that we already knew about, that the App Store didn't change. It just made it more accessible. Um, And all these, like, you know, new things we can't even think of, well, we didn't think of any. Um, And I think AR has a similar problem where we have lots of ideas for how this, or we, we have lots of ambition in our minds for oh this technology could be used for so much and then you say okay like what and it's like crickets or it's like well there's this one thing you could be like games like pokemon go or you can overlay looking at the real world and see like yelp reviews on restaurants okay 
what else is that is that it like is, is that all we can all we've come up with and you know you can look at an object on a table it's like well yeah but you can look at an object without being on a table too and it's just fine in fact it's a lot easier to look at an object that's not restricted to the physical space that you're in and how you're moving around it um so it it's one of those things that i i have a hard time getting excited about because no killer app has become red, readily apparent um and it's it, it it's not new you know even before you know, like as, as we mentioned like ar existed before ar kit uh and they and i think apple has a lot of high hopes about this i think everyone's so desperate to find like the next big thing so often in this industry that we often put unfair and unfulfillable hopes on just new cool things that come out and then it turns out they're they're not the next big thing or they're not as big as people want them to be or not as wide widely applicable as people want them to be and that's just setting up for disappointment we are sponsored this week by instabug more than 20,000 mobile apps, including Lyft, eBay, and T-Mobile, are using Instabug to enhance the quality of their apps. Instabug is a lightweight SDK that provides mobile apps with comprehensive bug and crash reporting. With just one line of code to integrate, Instabug helps you receive detailed bug reports with minimal effort. So one cool feature is that users can submit feedback by simply shaking their phones. Each bug report has a screenshot that can be drawn on, and the user can even attach a voice note or a screen recording to help explain what they were doing. This is all done right from your app with zero interruption to their experience. Then the Instabug dashboard then shows you a comprehensive report that includes all device details, reproduction steps, network logs, and all the other logging that you need to debug faster. And all of this is automatic. You can also reply to your users from your Instabug dashboard so you can let them know their issue has been fixed or maybe ask for a little bit more feedback. And Instabug can also automatically forward all reports to Jira, Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, or whatever else you might use. The SDK for Instabug takes just one minute to integrate into your app. Visit instabug.com slash radar and create a free account now with no credit card required. If you're a one-person developer, you can sign up for a free forever plan. Everyone else can use promo code RADAR2018 to get 20% off all paid plans for three months. That's instabug.com slash radar and promo code RADAR2018. Thank you to Instabug for sponsoring this show. All right. And our next question comes from Chris Adamson, who asks, uh, what's a social problem that concerns you about our field? Um, and can you do anything about it? This is, this is, a, I think, a great question. It's something that I think we should all be thinking about pretty much all the time, uh, because there is no shortage of social problems in our field that should be concerning us. Um, there's so many issues. There's things like uh, one of the biggest ones is diversity. We have still, as an industry, we have pretty terrible lack of diversity. Uh, we also have major issues like privacy. These are all things that concern me a great deal. Um, one issue that I that I think is also worth considering that I think some of us don't give enough thought to, uh, but will become an increasing issue, is the I guess, discrimination inherent in a lot of the algorithms that we're using now. So as the world becomes more, uh, as a lot of like critical services like transportation become more privatized, like more in the hands of companies like Uber and Lyft, um, they can start doing things with algorithms that will disadvantage certain kinds of customers that in the real world either doesn't happen, can be more easily overcome or is illegal. 
Um, so like, like, you know, like for instance, if, if a taxi doesn't want to pick up passengers going to a certain place or certain passengers with certain, you know, races and, and things, that's usually by most cities, that's usually illegal. Like that's usually part of the taxi program in those cities that they're not allowed to do that. Um, things like that. And w- when you make these things both private and a lot more algorithmic, you get a lot more possibilities for, you know, sinister behavior or things that seem like they might be optimizations, but are actually, you know, optimizing people out uh, in, in, in pretty, pretty nasty ways. And so it's important when you are, you know, working on these kinds of algorithms or looking at data or optimizing, optimizing for the data in any way, it's important that you, you try to make sure that you're not causing uh, undue discrimination or, or unexpected discrimination to happen in layers like that. Um, and then in, in a slightly other way, I'm also concerned about uh, the problem of the rich get richer. And so whenever I implement any kind of top list or ranking or recommendations, I try to make it so that I, I more heavily weight newcomers and less popular things in those rankings so if you see like in the overcast if you go to the like the, the most recommended section and scroll down and, and you see you see like the podcast you might like you won't see things in there like this american life because it's already too popular and i don't need to be you know giving them so like i look at like what podcasts that people subscribe to that are like yours but that aren't so popular and that you might not have seen or that might be new so anything i can do like that to try to avoid the rich get richer problem i i tend to i tend to want to do yeah, and I think, I mean, I think you covered a bunch of that are interesting there. And I think, A, there's like the first thing that I, I love this question insofar as it's, it's the acknowledgement that our work is a part of some of these challenges that we face as a society. Um, as small and, you know, it's like, and seemingly insignificant as the work that, you know, small indie, indie developers do. It's like we are part of this. Um, and you know, we can be part of a problem or part of a solution. Um, like I think it's good to just feel that sense of responsibility and not necessarily just take it for, for granted and be like, oh, that's something that Google and Facebook need to worry about because they're the big players. It's like, well, that's not a particularly constructive way to, you know, to improve things and to make the world better. Um, you know, every, we can all do something. And even if we make it better for a smaller group of people, well, we've still made it better. Um, but I think like other than the ones that you covered, I think things, something that comes to mind for me is the understanding that as we get better at making applications, it's very easy, I think, to, um, opt, we can optimize to a degree that we can create beha- bad habits in our users. Um, and I mean, this is, this is one of those tricky topics, I think, because it, people ultimately have agency. They can choose to be on their phone all the time and they can choose not to be on their phone all the time. Like that's a choice that they're making. Um, but I think as app developers, it's always important to think that if we make a change that increases, say, engagement in our application, um, that it's superficially like we can optimize and drive towards that as much as we can. And, that is superficially from our perspective, a positive thing. But I think it's always important to keep in the back of your mind, what, you know, what is this doing on my user side? You know, is it a, you know, like if, if you, if a user is using my app, you know, like 50 times a day, like, wow, that's great. They're super engaged. They think it's awesome. Well, what does that mean? What is that going to, what does that actually look looking like in their life and making sure that we're trying to make apps that, improve and enrich our user's life rather than just taking advantage of you know addictive tendencies in our users to make them want to be on our app all the time 
Like those are things that I think that kind of social responsibility. And I mean, you can get into a lot of this thing with free to play games. And if you're trying to specifically, you know, create actual physical addiction in or psychological addiction in people, like you can go way down that road. But I think at any level, it's understanding that, you know, there's this tension that we're always going to have between wanting to optimize what's good for us and optimize what's good for our customer and finding that balance between those two things, I think is an important place to, to be, or at the very least to keep in the back of our mind that, you know, that if, that there are negative effects for people using software all the time that, um, we should probably just keep in the back of our mind and be aware of and be thoughtful with that. If we're driving too hard, on you know trying to improve engagement for example like that may actually have negative effects on society at large that um, we are you know in some ways responsible for all right that concludes our q a series here um we might do q a at some point in the future but not next week <laughs> so we're going to return back to regular topics starting next week thank you for everybody who submitted questions these have been wonderful i think we've explored some really cool interesting things and uh yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.